Welcome to Fall in Love with Yourself Now. No matter where you're at on the journey of life, this show is here to help you fall in love with yourself now and every month. It's filled with themes, tips, and tools to help you become the love of your own life. Think of this podcast like helpful advice from a best friend who only wants the best for you and your life. It's here to cheer you on, give advice, and help you see just how wonderful you are. Enjoy the advice for the month and also from our monthly guests who are here to reinforce you and support you on your self-love adventure. I'm Kim A. Floden, and I'm a natural intuitive guide and healer. And I'm guided by my best friend, who I call The Dude, and you might know as Archangel Michael. I've been having otherworldly experiences my whole life and only realized later that not everyone was tapping into their intuition, hearing their guides, playing with nature spirits, and occasionally talking to people who are no longer with us on the planet. I've been blessed to have worked with and treated hundreds of people, animals, places, and things as an intuitive guide and healer, and truly understand that the world is a magical, beautiful place filled with many miracles. This podcast is here to help you see that your world can also be a magical place on your path to self-love and personal growth. And now, here's the show. for this month's bonus episode is one that is near and dear to my heart, healing from the trauma of domestic violence, and our guest is certified trauma support specialist, Adrian Ruin. I thought about holding this episode until next month, which is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but then I realized there's no better time than now to talk about this because as you may have heard, domestic violence is on the rise right now due to the COVID-19 lockdown. Domestic violence affects one out of three women and has definitive lasting effects on our mental, emotional, and sometimes our physical and sexual states of being. Please be sure to listen all the way through this podcast for a list of resources and recommendations for you if you are in this situation or know someone who is. Adrienne's history of traumatic experiences brought her to her knees, which ultimately led her to acknowledge her own strength and to create processes to help women thrive in their own lives. As you'll hear, Adrian considers it her honor to serve as a guide to women who are overcoming traumatic experiences and to help them successfully achieve their most deeply held hopes and dreams. Her vision is to heal the world woman by woman. And I can't think of anyone better to have as my guest here today. Before we get into this important chat, I have a quick request for you. Can you please visit iTunes to rate and review this podcast? Doing that pushes it up the charts and helps other women like you find the show. I also want to hear from you about what I'm doing right, what you would like more of, and what I could do to make a better show for you. And now, let's hear from Adrian. do when you're in trauma and what what steps can you find within yourself to take to get yourself out of that and I do love your on your purpose statement where it says healing the world woman by woman yes I mean it's when we empower one woman to be free I think that is like a huge ripple effect it's like the pebble in the pond and it just goes out 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 from there because (laughs) brave women create other brave women Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's really where my story begins first with a a decision. Um, I think it's so important that 
we come to the place where we understand that no one's coming to rescue us. Yeah, exactly. And that is where my journey really begins mm-hmm. is coming to that understanding. And there's a couple points in my life where I came to that understanding in different capacities. I also grew mm-hmm. up in, in a home that we didn't practice a lot of self-awareness or emotional intelligence. And that resulted in a lot of trauma. And the way I like to look at it is that my parents didn't set out to create this environment. I don't believe most parents do. 99.99% of them are not setting out to traumatize their children. And yes, we're all going to experience trauma in some way, shape or form. But there is a percentage of people who because we were raised a certain way or had certain experiences happen to us, which created mental health struggles. We then Mm -hmm. pass that on to our children and it's a cycle. They call it a cycle of abuse for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. So to come to that place though, where you realize, I mean, that's how a lot of us end up in the traumatic relationships to start with because we are fleeing one type often in childhood or in a school setting or something like that. And then ending up out of the frying pan into the fire in a traumatic relationship because we were seeking rescue. And there's a lot of evidence out there that in the psychiatry and psychological world that show us that when we're exhibiting those behaviors of a victim and we're in that mindset of a victim, we are attracting those who want to be a rescuer or consider themselves a rescuer. And that's not a true rescue because no one can save you except yourself. And anyone who's offering to do so, whether they're consciously out there hunting, which I actually Mm -hmm. ended up experiencing that, or whether they're another hurt soul who wants to salve their own self by trying to save others, right? we end up attracting to those types and repeating our patterns. And that's Mm -hmm. where we get stuck. Yes, I totally agree. I mean, I totally, I can, I can totally see it in my own life where it's like, okay, I got myself out of the, well, out of one situation. And then I'm like, hey, how, what, now what's going on? Can you talk a little bit about steps you can take? I, I got myself into a really crazy situation and I was literally alone. I was, I was away from friends and family. I was isolated just because of distance, plus the person was also isolating me. And I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I was literally Googling, am I in an abusive relationship? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I am. And then I read the book, um, Why Does He Do That? by Lundy Bancroft. He, the way he writes it, it's like you become aware, like you you can't ignore what he's saying. And it's like, if you're going to ignore it, then you're going to end up stuck in that situation. So um, that was my way to find my courage to get out of there. What can women do? I guess we're getting right into it from the very beginning here. We're diving in deep, people. No better way. Well, I mean, this is true talk, (laughs) right? This is true talk. So what... um, if you think you're in an, in a situation where it is abusive and just even knowing, I think the fact that what, what you already just said, you have to rescue yourself and no one can save you but yourself. Um, what, what can they do? I mean, what steps can they take and, and, you know, under threat of violence and all the other stuff that comes with along with this crazy topic? Huh. And if only there was just one answer, however. Right. No, I know there isn't. But I mean, just from your perspective, as a professional and expert, yes, what yes. are your tips? 
Yes, there are some tips that we can use that will help us create our own journey out. And your story is very, very common. What you just said to me, I have had repeated to me hundreds of times and, and yes. so have every other journalist or woman who works in this area because it's the pattern is so glaringly obvious that that was where I was prompted to take this into, into the setting of education. So if you are listening to this and there are three, there are three women on this call, one of you has been in an abusive relationship. So mm -hmm. the, the statistics are staggering. And if you want to leave, the most important thing to do, and especially if you're isolated, which most women end up being isolated in some way, shape or form, I was also taken away from my hometown my address was changed to make it look like I lived in New York City when in fact I was living about an hour north of my family and I was under threat of violence to not contact mm -hmm. them. At first, most of us accept and live in it. And then as time goes on, for me, it was a Lifetime movie network show that I was watching that just, I remember getting the shivers and the tingles all over my whole body because I, I was thinking this is, this is what I'm living in. And it was a, a woman right. who was taken away and, and cut off from everything. First of all, again, coming to that place, what do you want? Do you really want out? And if you do, most of us say yes. Doing some, some really good planning. So there are ways to get out through shelters, but a lot of times they're very full. And oftentimes they're in areas where some of us don't even feel safe going into. Right. Um, I know that was the case for myself. And I, I was afraid to go there as much as I was afraid to, um, you know, just because of the background I'd grown up in, very sheltered, I was afraid to leave just as much as I was afraid to go to a shelter. So I ended up doing it on my own um, with help of a friend. I had a friend who was amazing and she had mentioned that if I ever needed a place to stay for any reason, because <sighs> a lot of times when we're in trauma or in this abuse, we don't uh, we don't want to hear it or admit it, but we know right. it in our hearts. And right. so um, I called her when it when it got really, really violent one time. And she let me stay for a few days. And then I went back like most of us do. Then the next time I ended up leaving on my own, I went back to my family home, which while it was physically safer, it was not emotionally safer. Um, so I only stayed for a couple weeks and then got on my own feet. And then he broke the restraining order and I ended up back with him again. Oh and my God. so this is very common though. This yes, is the reality, is. like we said. Mm -hmm. So it was an evolution. And in fact, there's a beautiful book by the author who is going to be in Scars Unseen. And, and you probably saw her in the preview. Her name is Rachel Louise Snyder. And the book is called, I knew I should have jotted it down, Invisible Bruises, I think. Rachel Louise Snyder. I'll look it up um, and make sure yeah, we get it into the show bruises. notes. Okay, if we Google that, it'll it'll come up, and yeah. it's um, amazing. She's an investigative journalist that does an incredible job at breaking down our patterns. And so, first of all, there's no shame if you've gone back. Uh, no. I did it, and most of us do. And mm -hmm. then, uh, finally, I got to the place where I started saving up. I started strategizing. So this time, I yeah. saved money. I looked for space. I let people know what was going on. I was going to counseling. Um, I told him that I was not going to stop talking to my family again. So it was incremental. Think that for most of us, it can be safer to do it that way, but it's still, when we leave, it's dangerous. That's the most well, it dangerous. It is dangerous. Part. It is dangerous. Yeah. Because Super I mean, dangerous. the abusive personality is obviously a very dangerous personality. And what I understand about these people, I mean, they're 
damaged, very damaged. And very damaged. they don't even understand that they're doing anything wrong, really. They think that they're doing the absolute 100% right thing with you to like get you to be how either they want you to be or your even best self. Sometimes they're trying to convince you that this is the for your best, the best for you, right? And it's like, ah, uh, okay, no. So true. They, they yeah. truly have been broken usually in childhood as well to a point where they believe that everything that they want or need or could possibly dream of having in their life, they should have regardless of how much it affects another person. And honestly, right. they don't believe that it's, uh, it's the anti-personality or a lot of people call it narcissism. Narcissism is actually a, a characteristic trait. Uh, I have on my YouTube channel, uh, subscribe, I subscribe to Med Circle. And Med Circle has some free videos. It's a, it's a subscription service, but they have a few free videos out there that touch on the difference between narcissism and antipersonality disorder. It's very different. Narcissism is a continuum. All of us have narcissism in us to an extent. In fact, people who've been through trauma tend to be more narcissistic because of survival mode. Antipersonality disorder, which is what I dealt with, is a whole nother ballgame where things aren't working properly. There's no concept or very little concept, if any, of others' feelings and what pain is to someone else. It's looked at as though no one else can feel as deeply or as painfully as I do. Therefore, I can do anything because I know what mm -hmm. it is to hurt and I haven't done that to someone. Is basically right. the what I understand it to be, not being a psychologist, but having, you know, being a, a certified trauma support specialist and having read more books than I can count now on the topic <laughs> of recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a real thing. And it's not, we're not crazy. Crazy is a, a very frequent word that we've heard thrown around and, mm -hmm. and others, the system, the, the court system, yes. the police systems don't in many, many cities, most cities, especially smaller cities have absolutely no concept of this. And I actually have been through <sighs> a police academy so I can speak to the fact that they're not trained in this manner, at least in that time when I went through in 2010, they're not trained to think in this way whatsoever. No. It's no, execution. And we're seeing, unfortunately, in our horrible system that the, in the system that has created this horrible experience for so many people of, you know, so many of our black brothers and sisters and brown brothers and sisters and many people it's execute. It's just yeah. execute what you've been taught and don't ask questions and do your job, be quiet, get in, get out. And that's how you're treated as a trauma victim. And sometimes even worse because yeah. you come across <laughs> as crazy because you're in a panic. You're having right, you're traumatized. PTSD symptoms. Yeah. I, I remember um, at one point in my journey, I ended up living with uh, one of my sisters and I was struggling so badly with like my own mind. I'm like, what has happened to me? What is going on? And I remember walking downstairs and saying to her one day, am I crazy? Am I crazy? And she said, no, crazy people don't ask if they're crazy. <laughs> and I was like, it was like a light bulb went on. I was like, oh, you're right. And you know, she's like, don't ever ask me that again because you're not crazy. Aww. She's like, you've been through hell. And I'm like, okay, That's a good thank sister. you. Oh, she's the best. I've got, I've got four sisters and I say this to people, it's like you can have sisters and you can have friends, but if you get sisters who are friends, you have hit the jackpot and that's what I've got. So Aww. I'm just incredibly lucky that way. Yeah. But, and they all stood by me to help me uh, get through all, you know, the trauma that I had gone through. And thank God, because it's like yes. when you have a group of women who believe 
believes you and believe in you, that's powerful. That's powerful. And, and are reinforcing that, no, you're not crazy. You have been through something terrible and, you know, we're standing by you. So that's, I just shout out to my sisters. <laughs> right I now. have heard your podcast a few times and I've been listening. And so I, I've heard a couple of your sisters and I think they sound amazing. And especially <laughs> the crazy sisters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Though the how in the hell did we get here? Yes, we have a lot. Yeah. We have a lot of, we've, well, we, I've stopped that podcast for now. That was also a great experience just doing that with my sisters. Oh my God, hearing all their crazy stories and them hearing mine. So yeah, fun, <laughs> fun. Awesome. Yeah, some more tips though, if you'd like, I can share some yes. more ideas. Yes. I know we started Please. touching on it and I, I got a little off track there, but it's so complex of a topic. Um, so planning, it, it's you feel sneaky and you feel like you're betraying the person. I think it's important to acknowledge mm-hmm. what we're feeling when we're planning because that can create a lot of guilt. And of course, that's generated on purpose by the abuser. Most of the time, you you should feel guilty for doing anything outside of the relationship, even communicating with others many times. And so letting people know, finding a good trauma-informed mental health specialist. Um, Some states, including my own, are starting to enact laws of accountability for mental health practitioners because of the amount of people who have sought assistance and have not been guided appropriately. So for various reasons, ours is, is more in the childcare world, which is essential and needed desperately because of that, of course, I went through later and the child protective system failed us miserably in that situation as well. So planning, telling people, finding a trauma-informed mental health practitioner and having a safe space to get to. And then this is the most important part if you ask me, And I think the police academy helped me launch really further ahead in my journey than I would have been if I hadn't signed up. I signed up because I wanted to be a detective and protect other women. And I learned that it was illegal for him to have done so many of the things that he did. And I found out what my rights were and it just made me feel so strong. And I found out, I learned how to defend myself. I had already taken martial arts when I was a girl So physically, I didn't have a ton of physical abuse in my relationship, but I had a ton of other, almost every, well, every other kind of abuse you can name. And because I was taught, this is where it comes back to childhood, and I'll make a side note on this, so essential for us to teach our children how to handle physical abuse separately from emotional abuse, separately from sexual abuse. They all look different. They all feel different. Uh So because I was taught how to avoid physical abuse, I wasn't actually physically beat up. I was physically abused a little bit, but not what you'd imagine. And that's right, uh, no right. visible bruises. Rachel Louise Snyder, no visible bruises. Yeah, that's there what you she go. talks about is how much of the abuse is not physical. Exactly. Um, or is sexual and therefore you don't see it on the person. Um, and that's, that's the, the thing, right? You can have sexual abuse in an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. And that is very frequent, more frequent than we like to talk yep. about. Planning it out, understanding how you're going to be feeling, and then learning how to defend yourself. And this is something that I will question my clients on when they first retain me, is do you know how to ensure that your doors you know, are locked into, um, can you call the police department and have them come do a security check for you? Um, can you call a, a security consultation firm and have them do a, an assessment for you on your weak, vulnerable spots? It's imperative to feel safe in your home. Right. Because if you don't feel safe in your home, how are you going to heal? Right. 
Exactly. So we go as far as learning how to swing a baseball bat and doing visualizations of how to protect yourself. Because if you've never been taught and someone comes through your door, the typical response of our brain is going to be, you know, either fight, flight, or freeze. And if you don't know how to fight, you're probably right. going to freeze or flee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, this is this is the reality for many women. Fortunately, once you're out and moving along on your journey to recovery, because you're being empowered and you're feeling empowered and walking and talking and uh, and, and just showing empowerment, that part tends to fall off. And you don't typically, I mean, I haven't been stalked by him in, in years, maybe online, but I, I actually, a few years ago, was able to become public. I, I Everything's public now. I don't, I'm not afraid. I love that um, about you. I was, I was looking, no, I was looking at your website and I thought, I know, I don't know what you went through, but obviously you went through something horrible and scary and traumatizing and all of the above. And I'm like, but she's out there. She is out there doing her thing. And, that's what, you know, this goes back to what I said earlier, like every woman that can stand up and be brave. I mean, it took me a lot of courage to like do my podcast, you know, do, do, do the two podcasts and do what I do. My website name doesn't even make sense because it's personal to me because when I started it, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to use afraid. my real name. I was afraid. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, it's, it steals all of who you are. It does. It does. And you have to get it back. Mm-hmm. I know. I used to say. Quest. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like Humpty Dumpty and I don't have all my pieces back. I fell and I did not get all my pieces. I'm not a complete egg. <laughs> <laughs> I love that analogy because I used to call it being shattered. Yeah. And while you can see these memes that say, oh, you're not broken, you're, and it's like, okay, I still may be whole physically, but pieces of me were gone and I lost me. Right. And I had to go find her. And not only that, I discovered more than I knew I even was on the journey because so much childhood, we learned to repress, to stay safe, to stay small. And again, that doesn't mean that it had to be your classic TV drama of cowering in the corner of being beaten with a belt. That's 99% of the time not what's happening. Educating the world on what is trauma. Trauma is anything that creates that physiological response in you. Uh, And I like to call it the soul sear. You know, when you Mm -hmm. feel that burning sear in your chest, that's a physiological response. And not all of us even have that same experience, but that physiological response of sheer terror, hurt, pain right in Trapped a non-physical feeling. format yeah yep you know I felt like I would literally like I was in a corner and like I don't know how to get out of this corner I really don't and yeah. it's it's taken me a long time just to get uh, get past a lot of it you know and yeah. I mean it's I'm really glad I'm talking to you today because I feel like it's I didn't realize when I reached out to you but I'm like this is just another step on the journey Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's intense the journey it is it's <sighs> I, I I call the program that I have a quest because it's just the first part I like to think of myself um, kind of like the hobbit characters in the Lord of the Rings you are on a massive years-long journey and that's not to to create any type of fear of starting the journey. Somebody once told me when I started to go to college, I went to college when I was 25. And I they said, well, you might as well sign up because you're going to be living anyway. And you could either be living and not getting a degree or you could be living right. and getting a degree. And I like to use that analogy for trauma survivors. You might as well start the journey because you can either start living and journeying now, or you can stay as you are probably not fully living and journey anyway. 
Yeah. So what do you, what do you want the end result to be? So again, um, back to those steps, body work modality as soon as possible. You can even start this while you're in the relationship preparing to leave. It could be tapping. It could be EDMR. It could be, um, and tapping, uh, you probably have heard of it in your field of work, but it's where, you know, you desensitize yourself according to sensitive areas that will help reprogram the sensations, EDMR, Mm -hmm. eye desensitization movement. And then that one again does the same (laughs) thing. Yeah. And and it all comes down, whether it's somatic experiencing or myofascial tissue release or trauma recovery um, exercises trauma releasing exercises or trauma recovery yoga, they all have the same end goal in mind, which is to reprogram that brain through a combination of mindfulness, but it's especially for trauma survivors. So it doesn't, it's not uh, the, the kind of yoga that you see on TV where everybody's beautiful and perfect and nails and hair and utterly a, a perfect body. Like that's not what these right. modalities are right. about no. because that's false 99% of the time anyway it's about building a connection with your heart and your mind again and teaching the body to finish or, or complete it's called completing the trauma response so that you're not stuck in it whether it fight flight or freeze or there's another one called fawn which uh, there's a great book that's incredible that I think any trauma survivor, no matter whether you have a diagnosis of PTSD or not, um, which I do, but I, I really think everyone should read it. And it's called Complex PTSD. And the subtitle is, okay, it's Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving by Pete Walker. Incredible. He's a survivor as well. And it gets into just a, a beautiful yet simple explanation of what's happening in the brain mm-hmm. and how we look crazy. We talked about crazy earlier. Right, right. There's fight where I struggled with fight a lot. And I still have days where my PTSD triggers go off and I'm angry or oh yeah, um, standoffish mm-hmm. or I, I get bristly at strange things. And I'm learning what those are through mm-hmm. my journey. I had to come to a place where I was like, I have to forgive myself and keep going because otherwise I'm never going to make it through this. No, because getting stuck. If you are having reactions to things, which are normal reactions based on what you've been through, and then you're shaming yourself about your reactions, you're basically, you basically are still being abused, but now you're doing it to yourself. Yes. (laughs) Right. And that is such a perfect way of putting it. And we trap our own selves within this other cycle of abuse, this internal cycle of abuse. I am horrible. What the hell is wrong with me? I, I act like Why did like this that. happen to me? You My know, boss I, didn't mean it like that. And why right. did I, yeah, why did I, oh. uh, why did I get us so upset at that client on the phone? And like, you know, the you inside is just like sobbing or crying or, or, or desperately wondering yeah. what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me. And when we turn that into a, I love you and it's okay. This is what your body was programmed to do through that childhood yeah. or that. Can I give an experience. example of this? Just that just Please, happened to me yes, the, yes, the other yes. day. I was with somebody who is like big into politics, watches a ton of politics, you know, always wants to talk about it. And, and they said something and I got really passionate about something, but it was, but when I got done expressing it, I was like, it was so painful to me, the topic we were talking about. And I was like, I'm like, this is so painful to me that I actually blanked out. And the other person started talking and giving their viewpoint. And I 
honestly couldn't even hear him. And then the first thing that came out of my mouth was, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Just like that. I was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore, which the other person, of course, took personally because they're like, mm-hmm. they're like, what the hell? They're, they thought I didn't want to hear what they said. And I'm like, that's not it. I just cannot talk about this because I actually emotionally blanked out. I couldn't even hear what you were saying. And I can't talk about this subject because it's triggering me and I, I can't do it. But it, it became then, it, it actually turned into a fight between myself and the other person because they yeah. were taking it personally that I was like shutting them down. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I have to shut this down now to protect myself. So Absolutely. these are kind of like, I think things that if you aren't traumatized, you think, well, this is weird. But if you have yep. been through trauma, you understand. And I was so proud of myself because for the first time, I didn't feel the shame of like not listening to that other person. I actually sat for a second, checked in with me and I'm like, I totally shut down. I totally emotionally went dead to what we're talking about here because it's too much for me. It's too much. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about people who are, are traumatized systemically yeah. in our society. And I'm like, yes. I can't, I can't do it. And I got really yes. passionate. And then I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, had, I shut down. That is so key to think about. Uh, I had a, a, a mental health experience. It was a pretty serious one this summer for, I hadn't had one this serious in over four years. And it started with me watching the news on the systemic issues that we've been experiencing uh, in in May. And I watched, I usually don't watch the news. I watched it for a week. Yeah, me either. It turned into this cascade. There were other events going on in my world. I had a a friend who was going through a re-traumatization experience with her children. And it was just a lot going on. It took me back, you know, there were multiple different triggers going on, but I'm also extremely passionate about systemic problems because I know what it's like to deal with right. the system from my experience and perspective. And I, I had to shift some perspectives that I had held and that I had been raised with and that are closely held in, in my family of origin. And so that was, the, it's another experience that just breaks you down. And I look at it now, this time it was different because I looked at it like, wow, I love you and it's okay, Adrian. it's okay. Just go through this. Just feel the feelings, explore mm-hmm. this, get your sleep if you need to go for the walks, four or five walks a day, whatever I needed to do, I right. let myself do it. And that's the first time I've had that severe of an experience while letting myself and loving myself. You know, suicidal ideation is extremely common in trauma oh, survivors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's active and inactive. And this is coming from the books that I've read and the learning that I've gained and the certifications that I have and my own personal experience. Um, but anybody who's having that, always, always seek out a trauma-informed mental health expert. And of course, the suicide hotline is out there and I can look that up and put that out. I'll put the the note. um, I'll put put that in in the show notes for sure. Yep. Awesome. Um, But yes, it's, it's, there's a difference. So there's a difference between it. And I know that one of the reasons a lot of people don't talk about it is because we're afraid that we're going to be what in the police world they call pink slipping. Uh, which is as soon as you say something, the ambulance is going to show up. You're going to be strapped down to a stretcher and you're out of here yeah. for three days or whatnot. And that's yeah. not true. This is a common over victims. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and so going back to what you were just saying, though, where you were put back into that sounds like uh, a disassociative mm-hmm. experience. And yeah. I have experienced those as well. Yep. It used to happen to me in meetings where they'd be sharing information at a, about a massive change or something that was going to massively change how I worked at work. Uh, a lot of survivors, we get 
very process oriented because it makes us feel safe. I would just, <laughs> yeah, same thing. Check I'm out. like sitting there like where, and then at the end of the meeting, I'm thinking what, what, <laughs> what just happened to the meeting? <laughs> and again, you can feel really crazy. And if you don't have a supportive system or team at work, a lot of trauma survivors struggle at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is partly why this is yet one more reason why. And so having that trauma informed practitioner to me, it was the game changer. Yeah. And I found those people through listening to Sean Croxton's sessions podcast. Yeah. And then later on his quote of the day show, he had a lot of people and experts who work in modalities, especially on his sessions po- podcast and the different modalities of trauma healing. And then also in the university hospitals out of Ohio have a center called the Connor Integrative Health Center. A lot of hospitals are starting to have integrative health centers or um, like Dr. Mark Hyman at the Cleveland Clinic, has a functional medicine clinic. He's amazing. I've heard him speak in person and, and just such a soft spoken and yet very knowledgeable, caring human. And they have modalities there that sometimes insurance will help cover, not always. So that's one of the big pathways that prevent women from seeking that help is that they they do not typically accept insurance because our insurance systems, again, not being trauma-informed systems, do not understand the power of the new science of trauma recovery and trauma healing and abuse healing. Mm -hmm. And so they don't support the recovery. But that does not mean that one should use that as a reason not to get help because there is a way. There's always a way. Um, I like to say that besides my rents, my car payment and my daughter's, you know, childcare, my health ended up going right under there. It was up. Right. I mean, right. if I didn't pay something else, that's tough. I'm getting better. Yeah, you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's another option is making sure it is a priority because if yes. you are breaking down, you're not useful to anyone. Right. And exactly. then you continue the cycle down the, the swirling cycle and it just mm-hmm. feels awful. You invest that in yourself it really makes a difference to your esteem. Mm -hmm. And then also I used YouTube videos when I didn't have money. I I Mm -hmm. was not about to let that stop me. I I, I thought, well, just because they're not in the room with me doesn't mean I can't still do the work. And on my YouTube channel, which is simply Adrian Ruan, you know, I've made subscription lists that have different modalities and videos that you can watch to both educate yourself and to watch and use for free if you believe that you or someone you love is in trauma and that you know you need to calm down and again in trauma is an experience that we each have that often looks the same but comes from different reasons so it could even be someone who's been through uh, traumatic brain injuries or someone who's been through car accidents or um, it has a serious fear of the dark or there's so Lost many. Lost a loved one even. I mean, people grief, get traumatized. Serious, yes, grief. grief. Okay. Yes, even a pet. I mean, yes, uh, yes. It's, pets it's can not, be worse sometimes to lose. Because <laughs> they never abuse you. I family member go through that where it was very deep wound and, mm-hmm. and it's still there to this day and it's mm-hmm. sad. Um, but we have a culture of and I, and I know that sometimes I do offend people with this, but we have a culture of victimhood that is perpetuated and totally. I'm done with it. And yeah. that's where I, I have been one. Uh, <laughs> um, I have been through so many experiences that I feel uh, I've, I've lived a, several lifetimes. It feels like sometimes. And so I feel confident to say that it doesn't matter what it is that you've been through. I've been abused. My child's been abused. We fought a system that then further abused us. 
some of them actually are very angry, traumatized people who are taking out their own anger and pain on others because, mm -hmm. again, they're being triggered while working in the system. And some are just totally ignorant to the fact that they're simply following a very broken process. Um, and so the Arizona Trauma Institute in Arizona, they're out of Mesa, is an incredible, incredible example. So if anybody's listening who is a leader in your organization or in a court or in any type of public assistance program or process, the Arizona Trauma Institute has an incredible certification program where they trauma-inform organizations wow. from the top down. They help them with making sure their processes from the the way a, a, a patient or a survivor is greeted at the front door to the way that the billing is handled for them. Right. Just bringing humanity back into being a human and also understanding, they help us understand that if someone is going through a meltdown in your lobby or, or in wherever we are when we're having our, our trauma moment, it doesn't make us an, a horrible person. No. No. And that's the part that I think that I like to push back against the most and that I'm changing in our world and that many of the people that I talk about, like Dr. Roten and team at Arizona Trauma Institute, is taking away that stigma. It's mental health and, and trauma are this one synonymously blended experience that cannot be taken apart. And when we start treating people as a whole, and we start treating our bodies and our minds as a whole, and we start viewing other people that way, even if we have a moment when we can communicate from a trauma-informed or trauma-aware perspective, we can shatter those stigmas. We can create a more joy-filled world. We can make mistakes and screw up big time and mm -hmm. forgive ourselves. And if the other person is trauma-aware, then they can also forgive you and you can come to a place. Or if they're not, then you can learn that it's the state of what it is. Still it, love me and I forgive me and I'm okay. What popped into my head is, I don't know if you know the work of Byron Katie, but she talks <sighs> about, um, I'm, I'm a trained facilitator of, of her work, but she talks about, you know, the three kinds of business. There's your business, my business, and God's business. And ultimately, every, everything is God's business. You can manage your business, but really it's not really even up to you but you just keep, stay in your own business and then understand that other yeah. people are also in their own business and they might not be responding exactly how you would like them to, to your business. <laughs> you mess up <laughs> and somebody takes extreme offense at that and takes action on it. Yeah, it'll hurt. Mm -hmm. You might feel sad or you might feel angry, but the most important thing is to accept. Right. Like, hey, I made this choice or I said this thing or I didn't communicate or, or taking from it what you could have done better. Mm -hmm. For me, this has been a year of expectation setting lessons. Oh my goodness. I was not aware of how unintentional I was about expectations. And so yes. it's changing my life on how I approach it. Even like uh, you notice I, I had messaged you last week and asked some questions. That's something I I would simply accept the invitation from someone and be like, yay, hooray, I'm going to show up. And then I would have nerves. I would have anxiety. I would have you know, a lot of physiological reactions, throat tightening, um, shortness of breath before I would get on because I'd be like, oh, I don't know what to expect. Well, right. I can alleviate that. It's right. another empowerment. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Manage your expectation. Yes, manage your expectation. I have a saying, I'm going to swear because it's my podcast and I can do that. My saying about expectations is expectations will fuck you up because... <laughs> you know, we set ourselves up, right? And then we get mm -hmm. upset when they don't, things go, don't go how we're going to. So I'm like, you know, just go
go with the flow and you're going to have to deal with what is actually, well, that's yeah. what life comes down to it. Just you're, it is what it is. And it's yeah. not so much about what your expectations are. It's really about how you react to what is going on. And you have the choice. You have the choice of how you're going to react. That's the only choice I think we really truly have is where do we go with our reaction? to be honest. Mm, absolutely. And as trauma survivors, part of that guilt cycle that we have going inside that self-abuse comes from not, you know, we get into the brain and the neurology and we start to understand that when we're going through a trigger, it actually shuts down certain aspects of the brain. Mm -hmm. um, there's some incredible work by uh, Dr. Let's see, Dr. Bruce Lipton has some work. Uh, the biology yes, of belief is I great, but there's mm -hmm. uh, there's also an incredible book by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk called "The Body Keeps the Score," and he talks mm. about the functional MRIs and how, the work that they did on trauma survivors that shows that the brain, the parts of the brain that affects executive functioning, which would include being able to manage oneself um, or organizing oneself in the manner that we see many people doing, it becomes impaired somewhat when we go through a trigger. And so, again, speaking from that place of having had those triggers just repeatedly over and over and creating that shame cycle and that anger cycle itself and just what is wrong with you? You're, you know, you're, you're whatever, whatever name and how come you can't and why won't you? Right. Why don't you? You got to do the work. We have to yeah. teach the brain over. It didn't have the chance, either it didn't have the chance because we grew up in it too, or it was really seriously mess up for years, usually years of, of systemic abuse right. will create patterns of behavior exactly. in the mind that we're not physically consciously in control of. So that's where that body work is essential. Yeah. And I also want to say I do the, I do Wim Hof breathing technique. Oh, I, I love don't, Wim Hof. Oh yeah. I didn't do mine this morning. I've just spaced it <laughs> out, but um, I do uh, at least three rounds every morning usually. And I have done other breathwork techniques before too in the past, but I really think Wim Hof is, oh, he's got something going on there. So, Agreed. And, Agreed. and people Agreed. in this podcast have heard me talk about Wim Hof breathwork many times and he's got a great Facebook group. And if you go in there and just do a search for trauma, you will find many, many people who are working through a lot of heavy issues because breathwork will repattern your brain. And yes. you don't even have to do anything and, you know, it, it'll just work. I mean, I, I love it. So obviously you're a convert as well. I Hoff. did a 30 day with him through one of his programs last fall. Oh, good loved for you. It, loved did it. Did you meet Wim? I, I did not. No, no. Oh. It was a recorded one, one of the little um, apps. Oh, ones. yeah, yeah. Right, right. And on his app and I loved it. And it definitely made a difference, especially for my autoimmune I always mm -hmm. say I am an overcomer of autoimmune conditions. I have two mm -hmm. that I am continuing to uh, overcome and keep in remission. And it's, it's a beautiful journey, but it really helps with that for me. That's another beautiful part of trauma healing. You know, we, we can design our own customized right. healing journey. It's, it doesn't have to look the same as everyone else's. And I think that's another, if, if any, if anything that uh, I would ask for someone to take away from this, it would be that fact that we don't have to follow. That's another thing with trauma survivors. We got to follow the rules, follow the rules. Right. Follow the rules. Oh my God. Well, yes. <laughs> I've actually There's written down rules. before, like, what are the rules? Here are the rules you need to follow. 
and I'm like carrying yeah. it around with me and like a little piece of paper. I'm like, oh lordy. Trying to be a good little girl. Trying right? to be good. Um, mm-hmm. Not yep, get in trouble. And exactly. Follow the meet those expectations of complete mm-hmm. unrealisticness that others have set for me and that I don't even know who I am anymore. Right. Or maybe never did. So yeah, that ingrained pattern of following the rules, but we they make us feel safe because we know exactly what somebody needs. And when you're in trauma, you're it's actually easier too to follow rules because you're in that heightened state of mm-hmm. be good, be good, be good, be good. And then right. we have that heightened state that one day your nervous system crashes and then you're like Mount Everest, you know, exactly. in one way, shape or form or another, whether you're weeping on the floor or having an angry outburst, whatever it is, or a meltdown, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in bed for a few days. Been there, so, done yeah, that for a few months, actually. The score, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it will keep you. Will not get a, you will not get a free pass through this journey. It will catch up to you one way or another. Um, so yeah, Wim Hof. There's so many different modalities. That's what I am all about: is sharing that to the world because it's imperative that we understand there is no reason to stay living in that seared soul state. We can do this together. Yes. Actually. We can do it. And I just hope everyone listening understands that really, if you are in a situation, you can do it. And we have your back. Adrian and I have your back. You can reach out to either one of us and we have your back. So Adrian, speaking of that, tell us what you do. Like if someone does reach out to you, what do you do for them? So I am a trauma recovery specialist. And what that means is I have formalized training from the Arizona Trauma Institute that teaches me as a support person, a non-clinical support person, how to help someone who's going through trauma to guide them to their ultimate goals. So my program that launches at the end of October is actually a 10-week program that is going, and maybe 12, I'm, I might add some bonus weeks, I'm not positive yet, but it will be an intensive where we're going to meet weekly. It's going to be specially addressing how we feel when we start to go on that journey and providing lots and lots of resources, both tangible resources like tips that we can take with us throughout our day, right. accountability, and also referrals to these amazing trauma-informed specialists and modalities out there that we don't know about. So teaching and educating and providing resources and knowledge to empower us to heal. And then on a weekly basis, I have a trauma, I'm a certified trauma recovery yoga uh, facilitator. So I have a course that I do on that and trauma recovery yoga, Joyce Bozen, oh my goodness, amazing lady out in Las Vegas started this after her own journey through PTSD. And she has an incredible organization that's doing good work in the world. And then we have, a course on communication every week because one of the reasons we get stuck is we freeze and we don't know what to say. Right. And so we talk about what are the first steps to take when you realize that you're in trauma? What can you actionably do in this moment? And how can I say something? Because oftentimes, uh, I don't know about you, but I found myself being very direct Mm -hmm. Uh, when I'm upset or when I don't know what else to say. Like you said that you said to your friend, you know, I I just don't want to talk about it anymore. And I didn't really ever even learn uh, the tools to say, you know what, right now, this is really bringing up some big feelings in my body. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm not able to talk about this right now. And as you and I can attest to this too, it still can happen, the mm-hmm. directness. But mm-hmm. the more we practice it and have the actual phrases to use, it can help us change. And again, it's a journey. And so we take these quests. 
that's what I do. I help guide women through these quests and provide those resources. There's a lot of free resources on my YouTube channel. Um, I'm constantly posting on Instagram. I have a Facebook page, a group that I just started in my Thrive Alive with Adrian Facebook group. Awesome. And um, yeah, if anybody's interested, they can get a hold of me many, many ways. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. Um, yeah. I've been on your website. Is it, do you don't, you don't have an email sign up on there, do you? Or um, at the bottom? Yes, there is. A oh, there is. Okay. Sign up. Okay. Yep. I didn't see that for some reason. I must have missed it, but um, I was working on it quite a bit last week. So I have moved some things around. Oh, okay. That might <laughs> so be you might have been. Uh, yeah. I was on it like okay. three days last week working on it. So yeah, you can sign up for my weekly email at adrianruan.com on the homepage. Scroll to the bottom. You can reach me on Facebook. I have a public profile, Adrian Ruan. That's my personal, where you'll see a little bit more about my daughter and our mm -hmm. journeys. Also, I have Thrive Alive with Adrian, my business group. Right. Um, and then there's a private group in there for people who want to be more deep right. and intentional that I just started. I'm on Instagram at Adrian Ruan. The Easy. professional woman or for the business organizer or business leader who wants to see about getting help for someone that they know I'm on LinkedIn at Adrian Ruan. And my email address is also Adrian at Adrian Ruan. So the, again, <laughs> okay. trauma survivors, we have a hard time remembering things. This, this is not hard. <laughs> right. Okay. Adrian has made it extremely easy for you to get a hold of her. And I would say if you have any interest in this subject, if you need help with this subject, please get on her email list for sure. So you'll be alerted to the fact when she's doing that program, because that sounds like a super powerful program and you're starting it in October. The you last said. week of October. Yep. It's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We're going to be learning oh, wow. a lot from all of our people that we follow. And I'd like to end that month uh, with, with a resource, an actionable course that's going to take us through the end of the year, through those through the holidays. holidays. Mm, smart thinking, smart uh, thinking, because that's a trigger for just a lot of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And especially now in COVID, I think that we've all seen the statistics that abuse is mm -hmm. going through the roof now during yes. COVID times. So if you are ready and able and willing, please, 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 I beg you to uh, join Adrian's course because it sounds like it's going to be super powerful. And I can just tell, even though Adrian and I have only talked together for the first time today, she's a powerful woman and she can help you. I think that when we can walk in full self as a woman, walk around no matter what abuse you've been through. I know one of the experiences I had for years and years and years was just the feeling of being watched all the time that and sense, you know, a lot of us are very sensitive and we can feel the attention of others. And again, when we're in that lower space of abuse, we're attracting that attention because those abusers right. are cued in to, mm -hmm. you know, and there's totally. a whole, energetic and physio physiological reason for this, which is why it's so important to educate ourselves to understand it's not us, it's how we are made and it's right. okay and it's possible to get through it. And so to be able to walk through the world as a woman embracing your power and beauty, yet still being able to live your truth and be flowing through being firm and having boundaries in a way that makes you feel proud of yourself while still being able to be that feminine if you wish.
Wow, what a chat. I just want to say a big thank you to Adrienne for taking the time to sit down with me and for all the great information she shared. Here's a list of takeaways that I jotted down during our time together. One, you have to rescue yourself. Two, you can create your own journey out of the situation. Three, the abuse patterns are obvious once you start to see them. Four, one out of three women has been in an abusive relationship. Five, if you want to get out, make a plan. Six, don't beat yourself up if you get out and go back. It happens and there's no shame in it. Seven, you're not crazy. Crazy people don't ask if they're crazy. Eight, you'll probably feel sneaky and maybe a little guilty when you start to make your plan. This is normal. Nine, tell people you can trust what you're doing and find a good trauma-informed mental health specialist. Ten, have a safe place to go. Eleven, there are different types of abuse, mental, emotional, physical, and sexual. Twelve, learn how to protect yourself so you can feel safe in your own home. Thirteen, use body modalities such as EFT, EMDR, and trauma-release yoga to help the body release the trauma. Fourteen, be careful about what you expose yourself to that may be triggering, such as the news. Fifteen, find the help where you can. There's always a way to find it, including Adrian's YouTube channel. Be sure to check the full show notes on my website, fallinlovewithyourselfnow.com, for the complete list of books and resources we mentioned, and a few that we didn't, and also the links that you need to follow or contact Adrian. And thanks so much for listening. One of the things that really helped me heal from trauma was art and coloring. So I want to remind you that you can get a free coloring book from me at fallinlovewithyourselfnow.com. One last thing, I appreciate all the love and support. And if you want to support this show financially, it's easy to do at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the coloring book coach. I appreciate every virtual coffee I receive. Our music today comes from YouTube's Creator Library and the artist is Silent Partner. The song is called Believer and you can find the links for that in the show notes on the website.